wanted to uh, just remind you with our anniversary coming up, if you would contact as many as you may be able to contact to invite them here, those who have been uh, part of Sweet Communion in the past. And specifically, we are inviting to dinner those who have been past leaders on our leadership team, them and their families. So if you have a contact and you want to, to call or text or email, uh, please do that and then let us know that you've contacted that person and, and that they are, are coming so that we can prepare for, for uh, them coming. I also want to just thank the Lord for Brian and his speaking this morning. It's a blessing in my heart to hear um, him speaking and, and making the word so clear. Revelation is a difficult passage. It is a difficult book, and, and um, he works hard at uh, understanding God's word and presenting it, and I, I just appreciate it. Sometimes as a pastor, you can cringe when uh, uh, someone tries to take a, a passage like uh, from Revelation, but uh, I was just thankful to the Lord for how he uh, dealt with God's word this morning, the two, the two dinners, the two, the two celebrations and two feasts, and actually celebrating God's judgment and dealing with the, the whole purpose of the book, and that is to comfort believers um, who, who are going through uh, challenges, comfort in looking for the future. So I want to just thank the Lord for that, and um, ask uh, Brian, would you come now and, and uh, Take care of the rest of our service. We appreciate you. Thank you, Dent. All right. So for this evening, what I'd like to do is for the next 20 minutes or so, let's take some um, testimonies, and then I want to share um, what we've been doing, when me and Dad, what we do in this conference, and there are some things that I've learned from that conference that I think you guys should just should take, and you guys will be encouraged by it. Let's go through some testimonies at least for the next um, at least for the next ten minutes or so. Who got a testimony? Raise your hand. Not all at once. All right, Grandpa, Grandpa Holt, and then after him, this is Beverly. Any others? Miss Beverly, Miss Beverly. And then I'll uh, let mom be third. I work for this week. It's been a trying week. Uh, uh, our furnace went out, and uh, there was a Christian guy, furnace man that works on the church's uh, furnaces named Paul. And he came and uh, he told us that our furnace was no more good, you know, that it couldn't be fixed. It's been there since. Jacqueline was a baby, and uh, and so I don't know how old it is. <laughs> Not that you're old, Jacqueline, but <laughs> but it's about, about as old as Jacqueline. And so it went out, you know. And uh, he came down and he fixed it, you know. And he we talked to him, said we need a new furnace, but we didn't we didn't have any money to pay for one. And so he said, don't worry about it. He said, I know Pastor Brian and Donna. He said I can trust you guys for. Uh, what, what you do, you know, and so he came the next day, him and another guy, and they put the furnace in. They go to Calvary Baptist Church out in Menominee Falls, and uh, and the other thing that happened was my wife drunk some gasoline. <laughs> she, 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 <laughs> I didn't think it was funny, you know. I, 
I had put, I was going to make a fire down there in the basement, and uh, and I was pouring some of that there uh, gasoline from that we start the snowblower with, and I had it in a cup up on the microwave, and she thought it was Kool-Aid because it looks like Kool-Aid, and she put ice in it, and uh, and uh, and she drunk it, she spit it out real quick, you know, and but uh, she's been had a real hard week this week. She's been really sick. She broke out. And, uh, but the Lord has blessed her that she's here today, and uh, I just think that nothing serious didn't happen to her. And uh, just thank uh, Donna for getting in touch with Paul and uh, sending him over to our house. And uh, it's just to uh, show you how the Lord Lord is working. You know, he, he brought us through, and he'll keep bringing us through, and we praise the Lord for that. Praise God. Ms. Bevel? I want to praise the Lord for allowing me to work in the nursery. I love being in there with the babies. I watch them grow and watch them learn. And they sit and talk to me and tell me different stuff they did in the snow and how they fell down the hills. And it just, it's just wonderful to watch them grow and develop and be able to talk to you and tell you stuff. I got a big surprise with Daniel this morning when we did our memory verse in Matthew. And... Um, Chantel read the story, and they had to say the word after her. He said every word. He did not miss a beat. I was like, what? I told her, I said, he said every word. She said, my heart, and he said, heart, my heart. <laughs> I was like, wow. And then I asked him, I said, um, what happened with the, the fish and the bread in the basket? And Caleb said, Jesus won't feel, uh, feed all the people. I said, with one fish and some bread? He said, no, no. He had to make more. <laughs> it was just, it was just a, it's amazing. I love working in there and just watching them grow from babies and watching them develop. And it just makes my day. It's just a wonderful ministry, and I just love it so much. But Daniel, he just, he took it today because I did not know that he could say word for word for word for a memory verse, and Chantel was steady saying it. Everybody was saying it, but he was saying the words. And I said, oh, I said, God, I said, thank you for this nursery. I love every one of my babies. I hate to see them leave, but they have to leave. But it's just a blessing from God that I work in the nursery, and I thank him so much for that. My testimony is continuation from last week. I'm just going to say I had the same bus all week this week. So I praise God for that. <laughs> I just wanted to say a short one, uh, just thanking the Lord for the band again. Um, I feel like a lot of my testimonies are about that, but I was just thinking about when you're in music and how you have to work together, all the different parts, and... Um, Today, when Brian had reminded me, he had asked me ahead if we could do the song. But I just want to thank the Lord and thank so many of you who, right away, I said, um, hey, Lawrence, I forgot to tell you guys, but, you know, we're doing this song. He had such an amazing spirit. He really helped a lot because he had to get the projector ready and, and just do all the little things. But there's so much behind the scenes that goes into us being up there and what you guys see. So it is I just a blessing. Charles, everybody just... And Nick was like, oh, I already heard the word coming through, like someone told me. Or, so it's just a blessing that even like a little thing, like a song added, really has so many people involved. 
and Andy putting a slide up there for us. And so um, I just want to thank the Lord for the ministry and how we all have to work together to make it come to fruition. I, I want to thank the Lord for our, our great Sunday school teachers. Uh, I have learned so much, old as I am, that Brian has bought Cliff. One Sunday I was in his class, and he went through Bible scriptures, just, just blew my mind how they could teach. Dale, it's amazing to see these godly men, and you know they had to practice, and they had to read the word to teach and preach like that. We are truly blessed. And to see these examples of these men, not only they teach, they like the song the kids sing. They saved from the inside out. <laughs> and that, that's a blessing because you see the fruit of their learning and reading in the Bible. So I'm just thankful that we have teachers like we have. And Brian and Cliff and Dale, our pastor, uh, just, just the marvelous teachers. I just praise the Lord for it. Um, I just want to praise God for how he protects. Um, on Thursday afternoon, I was with the girls from school, and there was this patch of ice outside on their parking lot, and I slipped on it, and I fell like, really hard, like legs up in the air, banged my head on the ground, and there were like two other parents out there. They're like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was kind of, you know, like, a little dazed, but I never lost consciousness. So <laughs> thank God for that. But then... You know, I had like a headache the rest of the day. I'm kind of monitoring myself like, okay, if I get dizzy, if I have these symptoms, I'm going to go in the emergency department and none of them happen. So I'm thankful for that. But then I was just thinking like I heard a number of people had fallen on ice from the church. I had a couple people from my job had also fallen. And, you know, it just happened so fast. You can't really, like I was in the middle of the parking lot. There was nothing for me to grab. There's nothing for me to mm. steady myself with. And I had a, a patient the, just last night, my same age, same situation, slipped in the ice, broke her ankle in three different places. And I was like, you know, that easily could have been me, that if that were one of my grandparents, like, it could have been, you know, much more serious when older people or their bones are more brittle. And I was just like, you know, God, he sends us this weather, but he also protects us in ways that we don't even think about until after it happens. So I was just thankful that he saw fit to allow me to just bump my head and it wasn't anything serious. I didn't have, like, a hidden brain bleed or anything like that a lot of those weird things go through your mind when you're a nurse. But um, I'm just thankful that he was able to let me still be able to drive and kids and to go to work and be able to take care of other people who maybe weren't so fortunate. pretty quick but I'm just thankful for um, this year just already I celebrated five years of marriage um, Alex turned four uh, Riley turned ten so I'm just like <laughs> I, I'm seeing a lot of changes in them and um, it's becoming more difficult as a parent to deal with them growing and you know their different attitudes and everything but I feel like God is working on me just um, keeping me in my word and making sure I'm praying and talking to different people, trying to stay encouraged. Um, but it is a blessing to see them in school as they're, they, Nevaeh and Riley have both made the honor roll. Um, and then Alex, it was one, one week where all the kids was bad in his class. And the teacher was like, I wish that I could just have more Alex's in the class. <laughs> and I was like, 
where is that Alex at at home? I'm just really, (laughs) I'm just really thankful though so far for this year and how God is working on me basically. Riley? Uh, I was thankful for my family um, and Auntie Heidi, I told her that I was doing the dance for Praise and Poetry Jam. Um, mostly for the church's <coughs> anniversary. Um, and I'm mostly thankful for my mama because she's a praise dancer at this church and she's the one who wanted me to, uh, I mean, I'm, I wanted to follow in her footsteps and now I want to um, be a praise dancer as in this church just like her. Praise God. Want to, just to follow up on uh, Sister Holt's uh, testimony about Paul, uh, he's a he is a good man of God. Uh, he does all the work here at the church. Uh, he works, especially this year, and, and on some very cold days. Uh, he was here one, I think one about. Uh, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> we know I got good taste. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, about a couple, about, I think it was in December, he was here for about about five or six hours on one one cold day, and uh, and he did. And like I said, he's just a man of God, uh, and uh, he did some work for for me one time about two years ago at, at our house, uh, house, because we couldn't, couldn't get in touch with our landlord, and our furnace went out. I think it was, we were here one sun, one day, and uh, he had came to do some work, and so I just kind of mentioned it to him. He said. I go by, you know, I'll look at it. So he came by, looked at it, and fixed the problem, and you know, for a very, very reasonable price. So he's just a man of God that God places in our lives. So God places in our lives things that we need. So just want, just want to, just, uh, just, you know, just. I know Paul. You know, he's very, like I said, he's a very good man of God. He's a peaceful man and uh, does very good work. So like I said, a lot of work that's here at this church. He's fixed about two or three furnaces just this year alone. You know. Mm. You come, do the work, and just give me a call. Say, I, you know, I've done the work. You know, go check it out. Make sure everything, as far as the, the uh, thermostats is set right and things like that. So, you know, just just thank God for that. Praise God. All right. Well, with that, oh, oh, Charmone, I didn't see her. Go ahead. All right. I was thinking I was gonna give a testimony about sweet communion, which I always do, but I'll hold on to that for a while. But I also thank God for my job, um, talk about it a lot too. And I, I was telling Lawrence last week, um, really trying not to find the moments to complain about it because it's been difficult. But last week in the difficulty, like there was a customer that came and wanted to argue with me about a poster. And I really felt like I was gonna get out of character. And like I, I text Lawrence, I was like, I'm about to say something that I know I don't normally say, but I didn't say it, and I asked God for forgiveness. But it was towards the, it was Friday where, I mean, our, we do more than obituaries, but it doesn't seem like it. But my job shifted from doing other stuff to just obituaries, so it's a mental challenge every day to mentally prepare for families to come in and not only deal with what they're dealing with, but putting things together because it goes from, you know, feeling what they're feeling to knowing that if something's not right, it's your fault. does not matter. I don't know when so-and-so's birthday is. I don't know what so-and-so died from, but if it ain't in there and 
it's my fault. <laughs> so, but the family came in about Wednesday or Thursday and they threw everything on the counter, like pictures and the story and everything. And they're like, we want these pictures there. And, and I'm listening. And then they're like, okay, tell us how much. And so I tell them how much. And then one sister goes, she just shakes her head. She's like, mm -mm. and I was like, so what's your budget? And she tells me, and it was like $300 under what I had just quoted. So I was like, well, we're gonna have to take about half these pictures away. We're gonna have to cut out half this other stuff and so on and so forth. And I just had a real difficult day with them at first. And then Friday they came in, actually Friday, and my boss was like, you have a lot of patience with people. She's like, cause it was someone she was dealing with first. And she's like, you could deal with the family. And I'm like, I, I was like, do I have my mom? Like, do I have to? It's my job. And she's like, but you have a lot of patience. My coworker's like, and you ha you're so sweet, and you have a lot of patience. <laughs> and the family, we, the family, I, I dealt with them. It was trying, but and they were they were actually a very sweet family. In the end, they was like, you were so sweet and patient. And I just have to thank God because it's really Him. I can not always, I can't take credit for just the moments where He He uses me, and that he shows himself through me because sometimes in some work days, I mean, just like everybody else, you don't always get a pat on the back. People don't always tell you you do a good job. I mean, you, you're do, and then it's a difference between just doing your job and just actually enjoying it and, and being used by God. Like when Lawrence comes home, it's like Lawrence, he doesn't just do his job. Like he goes above and beyond and I just thank God for that. So I want God to use me in the same way because I could just be like, here's your stuff, not have a care in the world and just glad that it's over with but they all gave me hugs they're the wife of this man been married for 65 years and she so she's like 90 something and she was sassy from the get-go and she was like I am very pleased with this and she she was like and you didn't put the repast in there but that's good because some people just show up and just eat your food and I was like that's right ma'am I was like because I thought she was gonna be mad at me that the repast wasn't mentioned she was like no we can announce that because I don't want nobody just showing up to my husband's uh, funeral eating the food at the repast <laughs> I, was, I was like, that's right, ma'am. <laughs> and so it was just, it's just moments like that where I had to, I take those and I'm like, you know what, Lord? I was like, I have to put aside certain things. I mean, sometimes it's going to be frustrating and I have to choose how I'm going to act. <laughs> but I just give glory to God because those moments are my, is the time to just show him <laughs> through me and mm -hmm. just be thankful that I have a job because I could not have a job and be broken <laughs> and bored or whatever. But I, I do thank God for it because I do get to talk to people and they, they do get to see, they, they do get to see at least somebody towards the end of that process that cares because they'll go to other places and they'll tell me what happened. But anyway, I just thank God for it. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let me have a special request. Maybe um, Jamar and Cliff can help me out with this. I'm going to need the marker board. Y'all can swing it in. And then there's, um, there's an eraser and three markers on the bookshelf right as soon as you go out this door. To the right, um, yeah, yeah. So the marker board is there, and then there's some markers and an eraser. So just just bring those, please. Thank you, guys. All right. So wanted to go over some things here. We thank God for the testimonies. I want to give a, just a real short testimony, thanking God um, for my wife. She's just a wonderful person, and um, everybody knows that she's a wonderful person. But she makes uh, she makes my life. What? She well, they do. If they don't know, they silly. But um, she's just a wonderful person, and I thank God for her. And um, she makes my life more rich and more beautiful. So I thank God for her. 
And then I also want to thank God for some others in the church. I thank God for uh, my brother and my sister. Um, Jeremy is a very creative person and um, a person that I consider, I'm not saying this word lightly, I consider to be a genius when it comes to art. And um, he really helps me with that. So I appreciate that because when I work with him, um, and I don't think that I don't have no abilities in that, but I believe that sometimes when you see somebody that's just really gifted, you just got to give it to them. So he is. And um, I thank God for that. And um, I thank God for his gifting in that. And I also thank God for my sister, who is very talented too. And she and I are working on a project together. I thank God for her working on that. Uh, we try to get her more involved in the things we're doing at Kenner and Kenner. So, you know, I got my brother, who is very, very gifted, who I think is one of the, you know, top people. I think in, when you look at the creative world, I think he's at the, one of the top. He just, we just haven't been recognized yet. And then, you know, I believe that God has given me gifts, and I think that Chantel is definitely gifted, and we're trying to hone her and her gift. So I thank God. When you have a gift, you shouldn't just keep it. You should try to bring others along. And also I think God just brings other people along too with you in your gift. So I thank God for three people. Um, I always talk about Jacqueline. Jacqueline think I'll be joking when I say she was my star. But Jacqueline could take a piece of art that you write and make it better. That's a gift. You can't, that's just not something that just happens. I know I say that to her, but she don't be believing me that I'm serious about that. Um, Nick is the same way. Nick is very good. And he can just take something. The other thing about Nick, too, is that it seemed like in every area of art that I've tried to do something in, he's getting gifted in. So whether that be um, writing, whether that be acting, whether that be directing, no matter what, you need Nick to do something, he somehow develop a new gift to do it. Um, the same with Lawrence, by the way, on the technical side of it. And then um, Jamar is another, too. Jamar be quiet back there, but Jamar be gifted in some ways. I remember when we did Yoked over the summer, Jamar was just busting out some parts. I was like, Jamar, you got to stop, man, because you're going to make us all laugh on stage. But Jamar was doing a very good job, so I praise God for that. So I praise God for that. I think when God gives a gift in the church, then he also appoints other people with gifts to work with them. And so I think that um, our church is an art church. Our church, um, we have to use that. And that's why we got people who like to display the artists, like Charmone and and things like that, because there are lots of different gifts in the church, but God seeks ways to amplify that gift. So I praise God for that. Now let me just go through some things real quick. First thing I want to show you all is this diagram. It's going to look weird at first, but I'm going to tell you why I'm drawing this, because I learned this thing. And I'm going to just talk, even though I got my back to you, and that's not the way you're supposed to be talking in public, but we a small group will do that for now. And I don't want to just draw and be quiet. But when we go through these conferences, it's called the Simeon Trust Conference. And what happens at these is they bring a group of pastors in. And this one was one of the biggest ones they ever had. But they bring a group of pastors in, and what they do is they teach you these principles about how God's Word works for pastors to preach. And then after that, they have you, before you come to the conference, you're supposed to prepare two sections of Scripture that you're supposed to prepare almost like a sermon-level preparation. Sermon-level preparation is... Um, pretty intense for most pastors. So one of the pastors who got up there, he'd been preaching for like 40 years, he said. And um, he's one of the leaders of it. Me and Dad was debating about how much time he really spent on his sermons because he is, is seemed an um, absurd amount. But he said he spent about 16 hours to prepare for a sermon. 
And um, so you can imagine they, burnt, they have us bring two of these, and then we, we review each other's work. And so for some people, that could be a little bit intimidating. But it's good because when the brothers come, God's spirit is with us. And so we're able to help each other and criticize each other in a way that adds to it doesn't become a nasty argument. It becomes, hey, you should do this or you should do that. And it's things that are not just taste. It's technical stuff. So I praise God for that. But I want to show you this thing. Maybe you've seen it before. Dad knows what I'm drawing. Okay. So one of the things when we talk about at the conference is when you preach, one of the differences between preaching and teaching is that when you preach, you are supposed to emphasize how Christ is also reflected in that passage. Right? But we've all seen this done badly, haven't we? You just preach, and then all of a sudden you just launch into the Lord's Prayer, and at the end of it, and everybody's wondering where that came from. Um, but when you look here, this diagram, it talks about, this is the thing that we learned at the conference, that when we preach, we ought to talk about the gospel. What's the gospel? The gospel is the work of Christ, right? Well, this diagram is the work of Christ. I know it looks strange, but I'll explain it. You got ten things here. Number one is his eternal existence in the past. Number two is his incarnation, right? When he came down to become a man. Number three is his sinless life. Number four is his death. The five is the burial. Six is the resurrection. Seven is his ascension. Eight is his present reign. Number nine is his second coming. And then number 10 is his eternal reign. Now, oftentimes, when we think about Christ's work, we get encouragement from four, five, and six. We talk about his death, burial, and resurrection. And don't get me wrong, that's really good. That's the central part of Christ's work, but we can't ignore all the rest. And we can't ignore it when we preach. And a lot of times when you see people preach a bad sermon, they try to fit their sermon in and then they just fit it right here. But the sermon that I did today, Revelations 19, what is it focused on? Is it focused on Christ's burial and resurrection? I mean, that comes up a little bit, right? His robe is dipped in blood, so that is part of it. But what's really in focus is his return. So when we talk about Christ's work, I think as Christians, this is the thing I think. 
as Christians, sometimes our faith is thin because we haven't expanded our faith to be encouraged by not just this part of Christ's work, but all of it. Now, in the conference, we talked about a few things why people's faith could be thin. One is this. Another one is because their pastors don't preach through all of God's word. Thanks God, our, our pastor does. But there's lots of pastors you can go through. All they teach is the letters of Paul. That's all they do. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of value in the letters of Paul, but there's something you miss if all you go through is the letters of Paul in Hebrews. And don't get me wrong, those are beautiful books. I love those books too. But if you don't go through Revelations, you don't know what your hope is. If you don't go through the book of Genesis, you don't know where the start is. You don't know where the law came from. Every part of God's word adds and should add to our big body of faith. And all the parts of God's word have a different function. And then the other thing that you've got to think about it too is let's say you only go through God's word and you only go through Paul. Do you get the beauty of the Psalms? Do you get the sadness of Job? You see, there's more than just Paul in the Bible for a reason. Because all the writers have their strengths, all the writers have their different ways of communicating God's word, and sometimes some stuff just hits you at the right moment when you need it. Who's read a psalm at the right time? Raise your hand if you just read a psalm and you was like, man, that's me. I'm telling you, it's hard to read a, a, a letter to the Corinthians the same way. I'm not saying that it's not good for you, but what I'm saying is there's something about a song that can hit you emotionally in the way that the book of Hebrews can't. Now, on the other hand, if all you did was go through the writings of the Psalms, you would be going through the songs, and you'd be missing something about the truth that a letter of Paul could give you. I'm not saying one is better than the other. But that's exactly what I just said. Since one is not better than the other, we shouldn't emphasize one at the expense of the other. God's word should be seen in total. And when you look at God's word, then you start to see more about the work of Christ. So you start to see, hey, since Christ was in the past eternal, we learn this, that he planned our salvation from the foundations of the world. He knew we were coming. There's nothing that surprises him. Christ came to be born of a virgin. That's encouraging. Because the curse that inflicts us in sin, it doesn't hit him. He lived a sinless life. We know that's good. We know that is necessary because if he didn't, he'd have to die for his own sins, not ours, right? Now, we know the death, burial, and resurrection. We know why that's important. But do we know why the ascension is important? That he rose up in the clouds and he said, I'm going to return the same way. He is not doing nothing right now, right? He's sitting on the right hand of the Father praying for us right now. We can be encouraged what he's doing right now. We have our hope in the fact that he's going to return so that when he does rule, there will be sin no more. But if all we do is focus on this part, and I'm not saying this is not where the bullseye is, 
But if we only focus on this, we're not getting all the encouragement of the rest. Okay? So this is one big thing that we took from the conference, and they went over this the last two years. Yep. And actually, one thing that really helped me to understand this is before I even got to the conference, um, when me and Jeremy shared the gospel with Mike, you know we didn't actually share the death, burial, and resurrection. We talked about spiritual gifts. That's how Mike got saved. We talked about spiritual gifts. You might say, man, what did that got to do with the word of Christ? Well, in Ephesians 4, it says when Christ died, he came back and he gave gifts towards men. And it talks about the fact that when he died, he rose again. But that's something that, let me just say it this way. You can be saved from any part of God's word. It don't just have to be John 3.16. There needs to be some Leviticus in our gospel. There needs to be some revelations in our gospel. Some 1 John, yeah. Some Matthew, yeah. Some Acts. There needs to be any part of the Bible in our gospel. And we ought not be afraid of any part either. So that's also where the preaching got to come from, too, because preachers got to stop being afraid of it, too. And that's why they, last year they went through the book of Revelations. This year they went through um, Jonah and Nahum. also want to go through a short bit on what we went through in Jonah and Nahum. Um, and thanks, Dad, for pointing out that thing that I was uh, talking about. In the book of Jonah, let's look at that real quick. If you turn to the book of Jonah with me. In the book of Jonah... What you see is an interesting thing where if you look at how the book ends, it ends in a question. And the thing, here's the thing, as we go through this conference, one of the things we ask is the questions behind. And I'm not saying that everybody is going to um, get to that level of understanding right away. But one thing that we look at when you look at a, a, a something that ends in a question, books hardly ever end in questions, right? You don't expect a book to end in a question. It should say the end or something nice, right? Even when you look at the book of Revelations, it doesn't end in a question. It ends and say, amen. That's the way we want it to be ended. Jonah doesn't. And what does a question do? A question unsettles us, doesn't it? So when you look at the book of Jonah, why was it written? That's one of the things that helps us how to preach. If we figure out why did God write it that way, we can understand how we ought to preach it. Why did God write it that way? He wanted Israel to be unsettled. Why should they be unsettled? Because he was sending Jonah to this people who had basically, and one of the preachers said it this way, he was sending the Jews to save the Nazis. Okay? If you look at what the Syrians, Assyrians were doing, it wasn't nothing nice. They would literally take pregnant women and rip them open and throw the babies off cliffs. They would have big old spikes set up and throw people's bodies on it and see how many people they could fit on spikes. They was doing stuff that was just violent. And we say, we can think about that. You can think about that in abstraction and think that that's terrible. But when you experience it, when it's your brother that happened to, that's even worse. Think how bothered we are about 
some people crashed planes in the buildings. Now imagine if they didn't just crash a plane in there, they went into the building, took everybody out, and put them on some spikes. This is stuff the Assyrians did all the time. Everybody they found out was pregnant, they had ripped their stomach open and take the baby and put them on a spike too. That's, dude, that's stuff that's messed up. And then after you hear about that, then God say, hey, Jonah, I want you to go and preach to these people. Right? You got to think the person who's reading this book from Judah and from Israel is with Jonah when he runs away. Right? They're not saying, what a foolish prophet like we are. They're saying, dude, no wonder he ran away. So would I. But then God said, listen, you got pity on a plant. I'm not supposed to care about these people. I don't care that they Nazis. Didn't I send you? That's the thing that's unsettling. That's why it challenges us. The book of Jonah is a challenge to say, man, I sent you, so go. It's a challenging book. But the book of Nahum is on the other end, right? So the people who love God's love love the book of Jonah because the book of Jonah challenges us to love. But the people who, those same people are challenged by the book of Nahum because the book of Nahum is judgment, judgment, judgment. One person in my group pointed out this, that every Hebrew word for the word anger is used in the book of Nahum. God's wrath is so clear in this book. And so you got to wrestle with in the book of Nahum, God's wrath is so strong. But then if you look at Nahum, and it's only one book away from Jonah, so turn to it with me, right? So you got Jonah, then Micah, then Nahum. Jonah is written about what? Nineveh. Nahum is written about what? Nineveh. In Jonah, the Ninevites repent. In Nahum, the Ninevites reject God's word. So we got to wrestle with the fact that God's vengeance is coming against these people. Then in verse 7 it says this, Nahum 1-7, the Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. We have to wrestle with the fact that even though God is bringing this mighty vengeance against his enemies, he's still good. In fact, it's his vengeance that is part of what makes him good. And one of the passages that I had to go through in my studies was Nahum 1, 9 through 2, 2. It says in verse 15 of chapter 1, Behold upon the mountains the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace. That's a, you know that that's a big verse in the Bible. In Romans 10, it talks about that verse. That comes also from Isaiah 52. He says, man, how good it is to have good news. But you know what the good news is? The good news is that God is coming to judge. But why is that good news? Because God is judging those who oppress us. That's why it's good. Another way of putting it, and I put it this way, is God hits two birds and one stone. He not only judges the wicked, he rescues the righteous when he judges. Because who does he rescue the righteous from? The wicked. But then another person put it this way. The one who rescues us is the one from whom we are rescued. God rescues us from himself. Because who brings the judgment? Is God. 
So who do we need rescue from? Ultimately, we need it from God. So that's another way of putting it. So these are good things that we go through um, as we go through the conference. I know I can't boil it all down in these few minutes, but thank you guys for just sending me and sending Pastor there because it's worthwhile. It really is. I get better um, as a preacher and a teacher because I go there. I really do. And we also make connections with these men that I intend to follow up on. Last year, I didn't follow up on all the connections I made. This year, I certainly plan to. Even one of my wife's friends, he said that he wanted to meet with us and come to our church and visit us. These are good, godly men from lots of different backgrounds and different cities. It was good to meet with them and be encouraged by them. So I thank God for you guys sending me there. And I, I do promise I'm going to come back and be a better, even better preacher and better teacher because of it. So praise God for that. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you, Lord, for showing us truths in your word. Pray that you just bless us. Um, thank you for allowing, for sending me and my dad to this conference, Lord, to become better. And I pray that you would help us to grow in our gift. In your name we pray. Amen.